This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. To Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Target Field in Minneapolis where the Indians are playing the Twins at the start of a seven-game road swing that will also take them to Chicago. The season beginning to wind down and the Indians heading into play Saturday night maintaining a six-game lead over the second-place Detroit Tigers in the American League's Central Division. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear from the Indians farm director, Carter Hawkins, talking minor league playoffs for the Tribe and some of the players involved in that. Also, Trevor Bauer will join us, talk about his solid season to this point. Carlos Santana hit a milestone home run, his 30th, which is a career best for him. First time in his major league career he's hit 30 home runs. We'll talk to him about that as well. Sean Armstrong, Indians reliever, will join us, and we'll take a look at the week gone by when we return with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Progressive. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Target Field in Minneapolis this weekend where the Indians are playing the Minnesota Twins. Time now for a look at the week gone by. And it did not start well for the Tribe as they dropped two straight to Houston at home on Monday and Tuesday nights, 6-2 to two Monday night, and then a tough one Tuesday night, 4-3. But the Indians got back on the winning track Wednesday night with a 6-5 to five victory over the Astros, and they got it going quickly in the second inning with the suddenly hot-hitting catcher Roberto Perez coming through. Swung in, line drive, base hit center. Trying to score now is Davis. The throw from the center fielder, Marusnik, cut off at the mound. Scoring is Rajay Davis. And there's the clutch RBI hit the Indians have been looking for. Roberto Perez rips a two-out RBI single to center. And the Indians have the one nothing lead here at inning number two. And that probably would not have been most people's pick to drive in. That so elusive two-out run. Another hot hitter has been Lonnie Chisenhall, who also contributed in the third inning. 
Swing on line drive, base hit center field. This should break the tie. Marisnik will throw toward the plate, coming home to scores Lindor. The throw to second, Chisinau is out. He just ran the Indians into an out. But Chisinau delivers an RBI single to center. And the Indians take a 2-1 to lead as Lindor scores from second. Ramirez goes to third. Then in the fifth, it was Mike Napoli going deep. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on, lifted high in the air. Deep left field. This one's bleacher bound for Napoli. Home run! Way up in the bleachers. The tribe is back in front. 4-3 Indians on number 31 for Mike Napoli. Also in the fifth, Brandon Geyer coming off the bench to pinch hit, and he came through. Geyer is batting 249. Eight homers, 26 driven in, and he lines one to deep left center. Long run, Marisnik. He won't get this one. One hop off the fence. One run is in. That's Chisenhall flying around third, scoring easily. Is Rajay Davis on the double off the bat of Brandon Geyer. The Indians now lead it 6-3. And Geyer stayed in the game in the outfield, and he made a fantastic play defensively. The 0-1 swung on, lifted high and deep to left. Back goes Geyer at the wall, leaps and made the catch! Heck of a grab by Brandon Geyer. He went right back to the wall and left and timed his leap and took extra bases away from George Springer. Nicely done by Mr. Geyer. Meanwhile, Carlos Carrasco is getting the job done through seven as he left with a 6-3 lead. Two down, the pitch to Bregman, and another high fly deep left field. Geyer backpedaling. This one's routine. He makes the catch. Well, give Carlos Carrasco some credit. Maybe on a night where he hasn't had his best, best stuff, he's given you seven innings. And the Indians lead the Astros 6-3. to three. It's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. In the ninth, it was Cody Allen on to save it. Cody Allen has the sign deliberately, sets, and lets it fly. Swing and a miss. Ball game. He really climbed the ladder, and El Tuve chased a fastball up above the letters, and Cody Allen with a brilliant ninth inning. Gave up a leadoff single and then struck out the side. And the Indians have a six-game lead in the loss column over the Detroit Tigers. The final tonight, the Cleveland Indians six, the Houston Astros five. That would become the first of three straight saves for Allen. But the Indians win it six to five over Houston on Wednesday night. Back at it on Thursday afternoon, a wild one at Progressive Field. The Tribe would win it ten to seven. And uh, they would get things going with Jason Kipnis. Tribe trailing in the third inning, but not for long with Kipnis at the plate. Swung on, driven. Deep left center field. It's a gapper. This ball will hit the base of the wall and tie the game in left center. Kipnis on his way to second with a double scoring Naquin. And again, Jason Kipnis, time and again, his best power source is when he drives the ball the opposite way. That time... He smoked the base of the wall in left center field. And Kipnis has his 31st double and his 77th RBI. And a big two-out RBI double the other way by Kipnis. 
And the Indians have tied the game at one here in the third. Next up, Francisco Lindor. Swung on, smashed up the middle, base hit! That'll break the tie. Kipnis scampering around third, heading for home. Big turn by Lindor at first. He's halfway to second, daring center fielder Colby Rasmus to throw behind him. Kipnis has scored from second. Lindor with a base hit back up the middle and into right center has put the Tribe on top 2-1. to one. Then controversy at Progressive Field. The Indians had the bases loaded. Lonnie Chisenhall was at the plate, and here's what happened. Check swing. The ball went to the backstop. Did he foul it off, or was it just a wild pitch? One run scores. Here's the second run scoring. Into second is Ramirez. I don't. And now going to third is Ramirez. As Lindor and Napoli both scored. The catcher, Castro, has never gone to get the ball. And rounding third and coming home is Ramirez. And now the umpires have to converse on whether it was a foul ball or a wild pitch. Boy, this is going to be an interesting call. They're going to make somebody really mad here in a moment when they make their decision. A wild pitch, two-run score. How about that? The Indians would continue to tack on, this time in the fifth inning with Abraham Almonte coming through. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, line drive, right field, base hit down the right field line. Rounding third, heading for home and scoring is Ramirez. Being waved around and right behind him is Chisenhall. He's in standing up on the triple for Abraham Almonte. The Indians now lead it 8-3. Then also in the fifth, a big home run for Carlos Santana. Here it comes. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. Home run, Santana. No doubt about it. A two-run shot for Santana, and the Indians now lead it 10-3. Now there it is. Carlos Santana with number 30 on the season, joining Mike Napoli with 30 or more home runs. First time in 14 years that the Indians have had multiple 30 home run hitters. 2002, it was Jim Tomey and Ellis Burks. The Astros did pull closer, but Cody Allen slammed the door in the ninth. He pumps, he fires. Strike three, call! What a curveball! And the Indians come back to win the last two games in this series. And they knock off the Houston Astros today by a final score of 10 to 7. So the Indians took the final two games of the series with Houston. And it was on to Minnesota back out on the road to begin a seven-game road swing against the Twins on Friday night. And with the Indians trailing, Lonnie Chisenhall came up with the bases loaded in the third. The pitch. Swung on, hit a ton. Deep left center field. This is trouble. And this ball is off the base of the wall. Kipnis scores. Lindor scores. Ramirez is held at third and into second with a two-run double. Lonnie Chisenhall. And that was the right approach. Chisenhall did not try to swing out of his shoes. Instead, got a pitch away and smoked it off the wall in left center. And the Indians have tied the game. On Chisenhall's two-run double to left center. Chisenhall's 24th double 
And he now has 54 RBIs. The Indians would take the lead on an Abraham Almonte ground out and a Tyler Naquin RBI single, so they led it 4-2, to two, only to see the Twins tie it up on a Byron Buxton home run. But in the fifth inning, it didn't stay tied for long, thanks to Mike Napoli. We're tied at four as we reach the fifth inning here in Minnesota with Mike Napoli leading it off for the Tribe. Tyler Duffy delivers, and Napoli launches one high and deep to left. Forget it! Into the upper deck! Oh, my! Home run, Napoli, to put the Indians back in front. Mike Napoli with number 32 on the season, and it's the Tribe 5, the Twins 4. Of his 32 home runs, there is not a fence scraper in the bunch. I mean, when he hits them, they go a mile. And that one into the upper deck, and it's three tiers of seating out there in left field. My goodness. And in the eighth inning, the Indians needed some outstanding defense, and they got just that from Rajay Davis. The 1-1. Swung on, hit pretty well toward the line and left. Long run, Davis dives in. He made a great catch. Oh, what a play by Davis. Diving toward the line and left with a backhanded grab. And he had a long way to go to get there. Well, big time plays by big time players when you're trying to play in October. And for the third game in a row, Cody Allen was on to close it out in the ninth. Into the motion, the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Curveball in the dirt. Perez goes to foul territory. Throws to first. Ball game. And the Indians keep on rolling. They have now won nine out of their last 11 ball games, And the Indians get a 1-2-3 inning from Cody Allen, who struck out the last two guys on curveballs in the dirt. And he picks up save number 27 in the Indian State, six games ahead of the Tigers in the American League's Central Division. Five to four, the Tribe is a winner tonight. So the Indians had the win, five to four, and again, heading into play on Saturday, they maintain a six-game lead over the Detroit Tigers in the American League Central Division as we get deeper into the month of September. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indian starting pitcher Trevor Bauer after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Target Field in Minneapolis where the Tribe is taking on the Minnesota Twins this weekend. We had a chance to visit with Trevor Bauer earlier this week who became a fifth member of the Indians double-figure win club which hasn't happened since 1961 for an Indians ball club. Bauer, with a solid effort on Saturday of last week over the Marlins, not quite as good against Houston on Thursday, but just the same. It's been a real nice bounce back for Trevor Bauer of late, and when we had a chance to visit with him, he talked about the biggest differences from a statistical standpoint that uh, he's been able to notice so far in the month of September. I don't really know. Um... Cut back to throwing more strikes, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I, like I said uh, before, I think I was throwing the ball pretty well in a lot of those outings. I think against uh, against New York to start before the All-Star break, I thought that was my best, the best combination of stuff and command I've had all year. You know, and the results didn't look that way. But um, just tried to stay, you know, doing the things that are important, get ahead 
throw every pitch with conviction, make sure my pitch mixes don't get predictable, and, um, you know, fortunately things turned around for me. Is it tough sometimes if you feel like you're throwing well and you don't necessarily get the results? And if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's definitely tough because, you know, you handle everything that you can control in between starts, your work, preparation, uh, mental, and all that stuff. You go out there and you feel really good and you feel like you should have good results. And especially on days when you feel like you have really good stuff and really good command, those are the days you're supposed to, you know, put up some good numbers. And to have days where you go out there and you feel like that and you don't get the results, it's really frustrating. But try to find things that, you know, you can work on that can uh, help, you know, make you better for next start and stay focused on those. Sometimes things don't begin the way you hoped they would and, and – three runs score in the first inning you're down early but with this team the way things have gone this season does it it change your outlook sometimes on how you approach the rest of the game no not really my outlook's the same um every inning i pitch try to limit the damage you know don't give up a run uh if i have to give up some runs make it one or two instead of three or four and just try to minimize everything stay focused on that hitter and be competitive and get him out um I mean, it definitely helps, like, you know, when the team comes back and wins and um, puts up runs late and puts up runs against a guy like Jose Fernandez who's having an incredible season. and uh, You know, that helps the, the mindset afterwards. But in, in the moment, in the game, it's just the same thing. Focus on the pitch, focus on the hitter, you know, be competitive and, and get as many outs as quickly as possible. You mentioned Jose Fernandez, and, and you've drawn some pretty good opponents, and I know you don't hit against them, but... Does it come into play at all when you're pitching, or at least just from a fan standpoint, if, if you enjoy the game, to, to be able to pitch in those types of games? Yeah, I mean, seeing a guy out there throwing 99 <laughs> regularly, 96 to 99, um, definitely like, you know, I want to I wanna go out there and, and throw hard as well. And, um, I mean, he's got better stuff than I do. So it's just that part of it a little bit, you know, facing a guy like Scherzer and watching him strike everybody out, it's like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Maybe there's something to that, but, um, you know, mostly I, can, I just try to focus on doing what I can do. Trevor Bauer joining us, Indian starting pitcher with a victory over the weekend against the Marlins, and you're on that, that good five-day rotation, and and I know for you, and I've talked to Corey Kluber about it, and he loves it. Not necessarily a big key for every pitcher, but why is it important for you to get on that five-day ro- routine if you can I'm super routine oriented. You know, I have everything laid out. I do the same thing day one, day two, day three. Um, I actually have a little video I made about my day after start throwing that I'm going to be posting soon. Um, so I'll put the link on that, link to that on Twitter. But for me, it's you know, the more I throw, the the better I get. I know you know some people in the past have said I throw incessantly or too much or you know kind of painted it to be a bad thing but the more I throw the better I get the more tuned in with my delivery with my pitches with my command stuff like that I get so for me it's a good thing um, and when I have days off and you know it kind of adds an extra day into the middle of my routine I don't know exactly what to do on that day and throws things off sometimes I'm definitely capable of handling it um, I don't you know six days seven days ten days whatever I'll find a way to be ready to pitch but the more I can pitch, the better off for me. 
And this time of year, you, you hear about a lot of pitchers around baseball starting to tire a little bit, that wear and tear, but it seems like you're getting stronger. Uh, is that all a part of the plan when you start a season that, that some of your best games will be in September when, in this case, for the Indians, they'll need some good games? Not really. Um, I try to have my best game today, and then I have another best game in five days or whenever I pitch again. I'm definitely, like, if you look at the the results, I'm getting stronger uh, than I was in the middle of the season, but pretty much on par with what I was before the All-Star break. Yeah, certainly some big starts left for sure down the stretch. Trevor, thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. That's Trevor Bauer, an Indian starting pitcher, and he figures to be a big key down the stretch as the Indians try and nail down a Central Division crown. Stay with us. More to come after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Target Field in Minneapolis where the Indians are playing the Twins this weekend. Meanwhile, the Indians minor league clubs are still going. Three of them, in fact, are still in the playoffs. Columbus, Akron, and Lynchburg. And we had a chance to visit with Carter Hawkins for the weekly farm report. Carter's the Indians director of player development. And we began by talking about two pitchers at Columbus who could see some action in the major leagues once Columbus is finished with their playoff run. And we're talking about Ryan Merritt and Sean Moramondo. And uh, the keys for them is that they provide much-needed depth for the Indians, regardless of how things are going once Columbus's season is done as the Indians continue to push toward a playoff spot here in the month of September. Yeah, Rosie, as you mentioned, you know, obviously we, we brought up a lot of players for those uh, expanded rosters a week ago. Um, but that said, you know, our, our Columbus team and our Akron and our Lynchburg team, for that matter, are all in the playoffs right now. And that's some quality baseball for, for these guys to be able to play, and, and especially at the AAA level. Um, an opportunity for guys to, to stay sharp and not just sit on the bench, you know, for the next month and then potentially be options for us down the road. It doesn't mean they will be necessarily, but um, it's a lot better having guys that are, are playing and are fresh and are ready um, that we can insert in, you know, if and when we, we needed to continue to supplement our rosters in September. And, and as you mentioned, you know, Ryan Merritt and Sean Mormont are two guys that certainly stick out in terms of, of that potential opportunity both guys having had had some success at the major league level and had some experience at the major league level this year you know ryan um you know had a really good outing earlier in the year and just continuing to pound the strike zone and, and pitch with some savvy with some feel at the at the columbus level so really excited about the progress that he's made over the course of the year and then sean Mormondo, um definitely an interesting season you know from making his AAA debut only to get rerouted to Toronto on a last-minute flight to pitch after that you know, long extra inning game and, and then also uh, experiencing Yankee Stadium in his last outing at the major leagues. I think uh, it'd be easy to say that anything we throw at him from now on will be will kind of be downhill, will be easier uh, than what he's already experienced. So we feel like he's started to build a really strong foundation for himself. He's a left-hander that has uh, really good stuff, um, You know, has three potential major league pitches, some good velocity, you can spin a breaking ball, some feel for a changeup. You know, a guy who you could definitely see having some success and he really puts all those pieces together and is able to consistently execute them. So it's exciting to have, uh, even after bringing up so many guys up to the major leagues, exciting to have still guys down in AAA that potentially can help us out. And we're hopeful that they uh, have a long rest of the season if they're down in Columbus and then have you know, at least uh, one round of playoffs, hopefully two, 
um, and then moving into a Triple A national championship game in about two and a half weeks. If they happen to to win that, there's an interesting deal where our international league champion plays the Pacific Coast league champion uh, in a one game playoff. So, um, some exciting things going on at the minor league level for sure. And before we focus more so on the single A level and Lynchburg and some of the players who have had outstanding seasons there. There will be more baseball for some others in the system. The Arizona Fall League's coming up, and rosters were announced earlier this week. And uh, in terms of position players, Bradley Zimmer, Greg Allen, Yu Chang, I know they're players that we talk about a lot over the course of the season. What made them ideal candidates to continue playing this fall out in Arizona? Yeah, there's, there's really two really good reasons to bring a player to the Fall League. One is to continue working on something specific that they were working on during the season give a chance to really kind of solidify those adjustments in a competitive league against competitive pitching or competitive hitting uh, if you're a pitcher. The other is to challenge a player and get him some more upper-level type experience, especially for a guy that was an A-ball, to get some double-A experience leading into, you know, double-A, triple-A season just because once you get up to that level, things can move very quickly, you know, as we've seen with other prospects, both with our team and other organizations. So for those three players, uh, they all fell into one of those two, two types of uh, fall league um, acquisitions. So Brad Zimmer working on some slight adjustments with his swing, just trying to make sure that he's covering some of his spots uh, that pitchers are more apt to attack him at now that he's gotten to some of those upper levels. So we want to continue to have some of that work go on at the fall league. Yu Chang, um, a player that's in A ball right now, by all rights could be in double A, um, but really feel like he was in a good spot all year and want to continue to expose him to uh, some further upper level type players. And then same with Greg Allen, um, was in A ball most of the year and now is in double A. Want to continue to refine some of the things that he's focused on, you know, from a base dealing, from a defense, from an offensive approach standpoint, uh, while also continuing to get some experience at some upper levels. So a really good opportunity for all three of those guys, three of those guys, and we're interested in seeing how they perform out there um, against such quality competition. Carter Hawkins joining us, Indians Director of Player Development. Now Lynchburg's in the playoffs at the single-A level, the Carolina League, and uh, you mentioned Yu Chang. He'll be headed out to the Arizona Fall League after his season is complete. He's put together a, a nice campaign at Lynchburg. Bobby Bradley, a player we've talked about quite a bit this summer, uh, was part of some all-star activity in uh, the month of July. And, and as he finished the season, uh, what did you see there from him in terms of the overall picture of development this year? That was a solid year for Bobby. I mean, obviously, he's hit wherever he is on. You know? So he hit in the Arizona Summer League. He hit last year at Lake County. And he's absolutely hit this year in Lynchburg. Um, I think uh, when you think about what you need to be able to do as a first baseman in, in professional baseball, uh, you got to hit, and so he, he's definitely doing that. I think what we have come to find, though, is that the hitting isn't necessarily going to be the issue with Bobby, and not that there's any issues really, but for him to continue to understand all the things around his offensive game that can help have him be the most productive contributor to a major league lineup. You look at Mike Napoli and the defense he's able to play, the leadership he's able to have, all the different impacts beyond his 30 home runs. And those are the types of things that we feel like Bobby has the potential to be able to do. And he's learned to craft his routine to put himself in position to be that type of player a few years down the road as he continues to build a foundation as a professional for himself. So I think that's what's been really exciting for us is for him to understand the type of work, the type of nutrition, the type of training conditioning, 
type of defensive work that he'll need to do to, to be that well-rounded player while at the same time working his tail off at being the best offensive producer he can be. Um, and, and putting all those things together this year and leading into the next couple of years are going to be a really, really important thing for him, and he's definitely on the right track. Another interesting prospect at uh, the Lynchburg level, single A, Francisco Mejia, who gained national notoriety for a long hitting streak earlier this season. Uh, how has he done since the streak came to a close in terms of, of finishing his season strong and keeping moving in that positive direction? He really hasn't missed a beat since that 51st game. Um, you know, I think he's, he's understood that it was not necessarily that he was just good that allowed him to, to have that type of streak, but even more so his ability to put himself in a position to utilize his talents on a day-in and day-out basis through having solid routines, through focusing, through understanding what really was going to get him in a great spot to compete. So he didn't really vary that much from those types of routines after his, uh, his I, don't, I don't want to say misstep, but after his one game without a hit in 50 games. So um, it's been really encouraging to see that. And, and I mean, he is, is really has not fallen off at all and continued to swing the bat well, continue to be a good defender uh, for that Lynchburg club. And, and overall, this could not be more encouraged about the progress that Frankie's made this year. And in closing, from, from the personal standpoint of the department, I know different times of year are, are busier than others, maybe more exciting than others. Uh, how about this time of year? You have some teams in the playoffs. There's players moving to the major leagues. you got the Arizona Fall League starting. Uh, a good time of year for you, even if it, it does involve quite a bit of travel? It is. Um, I appreciate you asking. It's, it's interesting because we have this, this train of the season that's going for, for five months, and really – you know, you really should add the two months of spring training before that. So it's seven months of, of constant preparation, constant adjustments, constant work by our coaches, by our by our players. You know, there's a lot of guys that are getting very little sleep, traveling a ton, working very hard to get better over the course of that, and then all of a sudden it just ends, um, and your routine totally changes. Um, the fact that we have some guys in the playoffs right now you know, keeps that routine running, but definitely the the mindset changes a little bit to, to – these guys competing and trying to win a championship for their teammates. At the same time, we also have, as you mentioned, postseason uh, type leagues and opportunities, whether that's the Arizona Fall League, whether that's our instructional leagues that are coming up here in a couple of weeks to start preparing for. So, you know, nothing's really ended. You know, it's kind of like Brad Grant and our scouting staff, the draft's over in June, and it's not like they're going down to the beach for a week. You know, they're heading out to the summer leagues to start scouting again. So, it never really ends, you know, until that week between Christmas and, and New Year's. Um, but it's just a testament to our players, our, our scouts, our coaches, uh, to the work that, that's put in to try to make sure that we have the best 25-man roster uh, at our major league level at any given time. And it's fun to see uh, the impact that that's had this year um, on our major league team. It's fun to see the impact that's had on our, on our city. Uh, as you know, the team's played well and just the enthusiasm, enthusiasm that's going on around here. And it absolutely makes all the hard work for all of us uh, well worth it. That's a fun time indeed. Enjoy that time, Carter. And uh, thanks, as always, for, for stopping by. We'll catch up with you next week, hopefully with some, some good news about teams progressing. Thanks so much, Reverend. That's Carter Hawkins, Indians Director of Player Development. Stay with us. When we return, we will be back with a final segment of Tribe Talk as we continue from Minneapolis on the Indians Radio Network. Now it is.
Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you from Target Field in Minneapolis this weekend. Having an outstanding season for the Indians is Carlos Santana, their first baseman, D.H., hit his 30th home run of the season in Thursday's game back home against Houston. First time that he has reached that plateau in his major league career. He's been close a couple of times with 27 homer seasons. But uh, the 30 home run mark, well, we asked him what that means to him as we get deeper into the season. I mean, um, I know everybody know about yesterday and the game is very special game. Um, I mean, I'm preparing. That's why I'm making 30 home run and I'm preparing and I'm keeping work, work out all the winter. So, and I'm come like concentrate game to game, every game, try to the best and hold to my team. And that's why I'm putting good number, like especially like 30 home run. And after the game, Mike Napoli had said that he told you in spring training or, or somewhere early in the season that you would get there. And, and what do you recall about that conversation that he had with you? I mean, it's a one day, I remember, in the field four, being him, we uh, we hitting the same group. So, and he told me, hey, kid, I know you have talent. I know you have power, but comforting and be ready and you make making 30 home run. me and you with um, the power hitting and the team. I mean, he told me, like, be ready for that. And I think about it. And I say, do you think so? I say, yeah, man, you have power. You have great ability. Can focus and concentrate and play hard. And we, and me and you, we can help to the team. This uh, is this, uh, like he told me early in the year. I mean... And I remember that, and, and and what I'm making, the home run yesterday, and he told me, and I mean, I'm very proud, and the player, like Napoli, he's a good player, he's better than a player, he's a good teammate, and he told me congratulations, I mean, he's like, and I feel so great, I'm, I feel proud, the song, um, they told me about about that, like what I'm making the Teddy home run. And when he was signed, he, he comes in and and he's probably going to play a lot of first base, which which is a position that you like to play. And as it's worked out, you ended up playing a lot of first base. But early on, how quickly did you guys develop a relationship, and how did he help you defensively at first base? I remember, yeah. So he helped me in the speech training early, work out in the speech training. Um, about pick up to the to the base and 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 he helped me a lot try to make him return trying to the second base with the double play I mean he's good I mean I feel comfortable with him so I'm great man uh, I'm feeling joy every day especially I would play every day me hang a lot so I mean he's good he's good I'm, I'm very happy for him Carlos Santana joining us, a big key to the Indian success this season, and they head into play today with a fairly comfortable lead in the division. It seems like the team has handled playing with a lead and trying to wrap it up very well. And, and can you point to anything that, that's allowed the team to, to be seemingly very relaxed down the stretch here? I mean, I mean, I have a long time we play with the team, and this year, this my this is my best GSC how how are the team he play every day hard every day 
I mean, we have very good group and we are hungry, play hard and win the game. This is what I'm worried about that. So we have very good combination and and speed, power, go arm, specialized starting pitcher. They making good job. Um, we play all together, especially we have a lot of younger players and veteran players we can hold to the younger player. You know what I mean? Like we have a good combination and that's why we we in the first play in division and that's why and we play hard every day. I, I mean I understand it's a long season but that thing we worry about day to day. We don't worry about later or in the past. We worry about day to day, win the game, combination. I mean, we worry about win. That's that's why. So, I mean, I'm very happy and I had to keep it going. We have 22 games left, so we have to like finish on this is an worry and I feel like in the club half good energy everybody concentrate what I'm the umpire say play ball everybody like worry about winning and that's why we're playing good this year it has worked extremely well no question Carlos nice going yesterday congratulations on the milestone home run thanks for coming by thank you very much and I mean I'm, I'm very happy and, and I'm proud so and I'm making 30 home run first time in my life I'm making 27 before, but I mean, and I'm concentrate. This is like making saying, concentrate, like focus, try to getting the best, and that's why and I'm, and I'm doing good this year. That's Carlos Santana, and uh, boy, he has really, uh, I think, summed up the thoughts of most of his teammates about what they're thinking right now in terms of trying to nail down a division crown with a, a substantial lead but not having it wrapped up yet. Still some work to be done, but this team continues to play good baseball and, and handle what they can, and it really doesn't matter what happens on the scoreboard as long as the Indians continue to win. And again, heading into Saturday's game in Minneapolis, the Indians had a six-game lead over the Detroit Tigers in the Central Division. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Hope you can join us next week. We'll be back home when the Indians are playing a huge series against their rivals, the Detroit Tigers. Should be great stuff at Progressive Field next weekend. So join us then for another edition of Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Yeah, this is what September baseball is all about. If you've got a team you're rooting for that's in the playoff hunt, 